This is The Space Shot, episode 163, for October 24th, 2017. Dinosaur. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. Before I talk about the dinosaur program, I've got two other pieces of space history for today. The first is the Nadellan catastrophe, which occurred on October 24th, 1960. An accident occurred with a fully fueled R-16 prototype ICBM that was on a launch pad at the Baikonur Cosmodrome. The second stage engines experienced a short, which caused them to start, resulting in the second stage burning through to the first stage, detonating the fuel and oxidizer inside the rocket. The resulting explosion killed 78 people according to official Soviet numbers, but unofficial numbers range from 92 to 126 deaths. The Soviet Union didn't publicly acknowledge this explosion took place until 1989, although there were reports in the media about the explosion in the years following the incident. A rushed development schedule and a lack of necessary safety steps combined with explosive results when the hypergolic fuels in the rocket exploded on the launch pad. One of the people that was killed during the explosion was the head of the program that was developing the R-16 rocket. Chief Marshal Nadellin was an essential figure in Soviet space history and in the history of the space race. The second piece of space history I've got today was Deep Space One launching on October 24th, 1998. This was the first mission to utilize an ion engine for propulsion, a technology now in use on the Dawn spacecraft. Experiments with ion, or solar electric propulsion, date back to the late 1950s when Dr. Harold Kaufman, an engineer at NASA's Glenn Research Center, designed and built some of the first experimental engines. Deep Space One successfully completed its mission of testing the ion propulsion system. Deep Space One successfully completed its mission of testing the ion propulsion system and capturing science while flying by an asteroid and completing its primary science objective in 2001 when it performed a flyby of Comet Borrelly. Now let's talk about the dinosaur. And no, not the dinosaurs that you're probably thinking of, but the Boeing X-20 dinosaur or dynamic soarer. The dinosaur was a spaceplane project that began development in the late 1950s. The design would use a plane with a pilot for, quote, military missions including reconnaissance, bombing, space rescue, satellite maintenance, and sabotage of enemy satellites. Dinosaur came about when three different studies were combined into one plan on October 10, 1957. Online, there are countless sources that show October 24th as the date that the program started, but none of these stories link to a source that shows today was the start date. From the research that I've conducted, October 10th is the day that the program started when the three separate programs were combined into one. I found a detailed historical monograph from 1963 titled The History of the X-20A Dinosaur, and I'll link to it in the show notes. The years leading up to 1957 saw the Bell Aircraft Corporation exploring options for an advanced bomber and reconnaissance system. Boeing was also exploring options for this type of aircraft in the 1950s, concluding that a manned reconnaissance glide rocket would be better off orbiting the Earth instead of traveling a distance and then returning to its point of origin. Orbiting the Earth created other problems, specifically 
finding ways to devise structures that could withstand the high temperature of those type of missions, and also for equipment that could be used for reconnaissance flights. The military potential of this type of platform meant that Boeing and Bell were both interested in pursuing designs. Eventually, there was a consolidation of the different programs being pursued for the United States Air Force for the Boost Glide concept vehicle. Quote, By 10 October 1957, the Director of Systems Plans at the ARDC, or Air Research and Development Command Headquarters, had completed consolidating the details of the Highwards, Brass Bell, and Robo programs into a three-step abbreviated development plan for the new Dinosaur, a compound of dynamic soaring, program. Interestingly, even though Bell Aircraft had performed more years of design on this type of vehicle, Boeing won the contract for Dinosaur. The program ran into problems because of insufficient data on hypersonic flight and the problems of re-entry, materials technology, and other unknowns associated with spaceflight. Quote, a two-phase program for preliminary investigations had to come first. It was during this time that scientists would validate designs and theories which would take the vehicle from a concept to reality. During the development phase, there were seven astronauts chosen for the dinosaur program. Neil Armstrong, Bill Dana, Henry C. Gordon, Pete Knight, Russell Rogers, Milt Thompson, and James Wood. Armstrong left the dinosaur program to work at NASA, a wise choice considering that Dinosaur slipped into relative obscurity when compared with projects Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo. The Dinosaur program was an interesting concept vehicle that spurred research into winged space planes. Its lineage now includes the Space Shuttle, the Boeing X-37 unmanned orbital test vehicle that the United States Air Force operates, and the Sierra Nevada Dream Chaser cargo lifting body that's currently being developed. I have one final note to pass along today. Yesterday, on October 23, 2017, Paul Weitz, a NASA astronaut that flew on the Skylab 2 mission and the first flight of the Space Shuttle Challenger, passed away. Skylab 2 was the mission that saved the orbiting space station from a certain demise. Weitz, Pete Conrad, and Joseph P. Kerwin spent 28 days in space on board Skylab, doubling the previous endurance record for American astronauts and saving the space station. Episodes 15, 16, and 17 have more detail about the work that Weitz and his crewmates performed during the Skylab 2 mission. He went on to work at Johnson Space Center after retiring as an astronaut and left NASA in 1994. Since you're here, why don't you let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review in iTunes. It takes just a minute to do that, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Mulnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search for The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. I'd also appreciate it if you could share the space shot with your friends and family and anyone else that enjoys podcasts. Tomorrow, the Mississippi Test Facility. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.